Hey now, welcome to another episode of Make Defense Great Again. My name's Chris Vass, or a.k.a. Coach Vass. Thank you so much for joining us. We're midway through the season. Y'all are right in the thick of it. Some of you guys are having a great season. Some of you guys are having a not-so-great season. Some of you are not sure yet. You're building that team. You're building that defense. You're trying to find your identity. For those lucky ones, you already found your identity, and you're getting deeper into it. And your kids are persevering or fighting through whatever. And it's just a great time of the year. You, you kind of know who you are. There's still a lot of football left to play. You're, you're really getting into that journey. And it's just, a, I, I always love this time of year. For us, it's we're kind of winding down our preseason, about to get in the league. We've ironed out a lot of the kinks. Um, we found some more kinks. And we're, we're getting ready to try to peak and, and, and start to rise up to start playing our best football. So I really love this time of year. Today's episode, my guest is Jerry Gordon, longtime friend, great man, great clinic speaker, great author, just, just an all-around great dude. I did a podcast with him with the USA Football back in, uh, I believe it was May or June of this year. We talked about split field coverages. If you're interested in listening to that, you can go to my website, www.coachvast.com forward slash podcast. You can scroll down to the bottom and find the USA football series I did, which was the deep dive on defense. Um, you could check that out. And, 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 and Jerry's a legend. He wrote a book on the under. He's got his new split field book out that came out a few months ago. Split field coverages. It's awesome. So go ahead and check that out. We didn't get as many questions this week, which I understand you guys are uh, really getting into the thick of your season. But we went we went pretty deep into some things. Uh, we got in and talked about practice philosophy and talked about some interesting nuggets that Jerry and I have found this year and, and beyond. And, and so I hope you get some out of this episode. And as always, make sure you follow me at Coach Vass on Twitter. Follow the show account at MDGA podcast. And don't forget to submit those questions. You can see, uh, depending on when you hear this, you can always go to my website. Again, is coachvast.com forward slash podcast. And there's a link if you forget to go there. Or you, you can't remember. You can always go on my Twitter uh, timeline for the show. Scroll down and you'll see a link somewhere giving you the link to the Q&A podcast form. Well, enough for me. It's time to get into it. My guest today is Jerry Gordon, defensive coordinator at Nosset High School in Massachusetts. Welcome. Hey, great to be here, Vass. I've listened to every show so far, and uh, I love the format. I love listening to the questions. I, I love the answers, and I, I like to think, you know, put myself in that situation and kind of think on the run, and it's, it's pretty cool. I like it. I appreciate that, man. You know, th- this kind of – when I decided to – do my own thing. I, I was thinking about, you know, we had some momentum from the last podcast I was on at the beginning of this one. And, you know, I had Don Brown on and, and, uh, you know, had all these great guests and, and I'm like, I can't just go dark now. Like I can't just, just stop. And so I thought, you know, if I was a coach, well, I, I am a coach, but you know, <laughs> what would I want? What would I want to listen to? And the only thing, I mean, I, I thought of in season, the big idea stuff is nobody's going to put in, 
you know, two under three deep zone pressure packages in the middle of the year. But, um, you know, what could we get out of it? And I thought, well, what if I just had a guest on and we just answered questions? And so I, and I, and the other thing is, and, and I do appreciate the kind words, but I'm one of these people that's, I'm open to whatever. So if, if guys are like, Hey, think about doing this, or you think we can help in another way, please feel free to, um, send me a message, tweet the show to, you know, tweet me and, and I'm here for you. I'm, I'm, I want to provide a, a community for you guys. So thanks for the kind mm-hmm. words. And I'm, I'm glad yeah, that somebody's you know, getting some out of it. Yeah. Well, I, I really think that the, this stuff is really applicable to you know coaches at, at my level. You know, I'm not coaching at a big school and you know, you hear a lot of people going and you know, maybe you like what they do, maybe you don't, but it just makes you think. Yeah, no. And it's fun. I mean, it's because I don't preview these questions. Like I'll take a look just to make sure that we have enough and I'll, I'll read them through real quick, but I'm not like sitting and thinking about this stuff. It's kind of, I think it's better to do what comes off the top of your head because it's usually the best answer. So speaking of which, let's get into this. So this is uh, the first question from William Garrow is the defensive line coach at Tumwater high school in Olympia. We've got a, I think we got a little fan club up at Tumwater um, they submit questions every week. Um, great, great group of guys. So his question is, what kinds of film cut-ups are you sharing with your players each week? How do you break down the opposing offense for the kids to watch over the weekend? And are you doing anything to hold them accountable to watching film and getting something productive from it? Thank you for continuing to offer this platform. Huge fan of your work. Well, first of all, thank you for the kind words. So I'll, I'll take this one first. Um, you know, we don't, I used to share a bunch of cutups with the kids and I, and I probably should get back into it. You just kind of run out of time, but you know, we, we used to, I used to make a cut up. It was just the top runs, top plays, and then just kind of, you know, a, a kind of a one hit wonder playlist where, you know, you take their top five to 10 plays and you, and you show, you show one clip of each because, you know, the kid, you're not going to ca- capture their attention for too long. So kind of just one one here, one there and kind of just go through. But that's one thing that I need to do a better job of in terms of showing the kids the cut ups. One of the problems at where I work and every place has got its plus and its minuses. And don't get me wrong. I love working at Clovis. But one of the challenges that I have is I actually work at a school that's off campus. It's an online school. And I mentioned this in one of the previous pods talking about early practice drills or, you know, things we do to start practice. Well, I don't get to practice. And we usually start at 3.30 and I don't roll out to practice till usually quarter to four or four o'clock. And so that means I don't get any pre-practice walkthrough times, which up until last year, I mean, I didn't have a single practice without a pre-practice walkthrough. And I don't get to show any film. So I have to rely on my assistants. And we usually front load. We do like the tackling circuits because our linebacker coach and head coach kind of took that over for tackling this year. They'll do a takeaway circuit. They'll do special teams, things that I don't need to be there for. And then I roll out after practice to start it. So personally, this year, I let the I let the position coaches and I'll kind of say, hey, make sure you show them this. But I let the position coaches show whatever film they feels best on Wednesdays. And then how do I break the uh, the opposing offense down for the kids to watch over the weekend? Um, I don't. I don't. I don't usually. I take, and it drives my assistants crazy, but I take forever to game plan. I don't really have anything for them to watch in terms of breaking down. Like, I'm still trying to break them down. So, I don't, we don't really do a huge scout. We used to do a scouting report, but the kids didn't look at it. And then I would get mad because I would spend all this time. Because, you know, you're in season. It's economic decision making. 
how much time do you have to do this and what's important? And I felt that scouting reports were a hindrance because only a couple of kids would look at them. And I used to hide little messages like when you read this slide, uh, text me your favorite middle school teacher or whatever, or text me your favorite NBA team. But so they would that that's how I would know that they would read it or not. And if they didn't send it to me, it's like, well, then you didn't you didn't read it, basically. But I would it was actually just became a problem because I would spend all this time on it. And then the kids wouldn't read it and I would get frustrated. And I'm like, you know what? I just would rather put that time somewhere else, whether it's making another cut up or time for self-care in the season. So that's kind of my take on that. What, what do you think, Jerry? What are, what are you thinking there? Well, I'm going to have something for the kids each week, and I do. I will make like a little scuttling report, mostly for the coaches, but then I'll share it with the kids, and I'll have like a little saying in there, and I'll make them text me back. Um, you know, I'm making sure that I'm constantly talking to the kids, I guess, and you know, so I'm going to ask, "Hey, just see it, and you know what you think," and you know, one of just this week, this is this is going to air Saturday, right, Vass? <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It was, well, this will air Saturday morning. Okay, good. Cause I'm going to give you a little tip that we have this week is that, uh, we're playing an I team and, and they have the offset. They have, they have the offset. Why? Uh, you know, he's, he's wide off. And, uh, we got a really good tip where, you know, the, the fullback is wide. He's coming off for a pass. He's, he's, uh, coming in tight. It, it's going to be a power type play, you know? And, uh, so we were able to show that to the kids and we, we, we practiced that all week. Um, we were able to show that, you know, 95% of the time the guy went in motion, it was a run, believe it or not. And uh, I was able to put a couple of those clips on this. So I, I'm just kind of picking out little tips that I want to give the kids. And we do what we call this, uh, a sign and a line every day. That, you know, if I had only 15 minutes of practice, you know, that's what we would do. So I'm, we're going over the defenses. We're, we're going over the uh, formations, general tips, halves of the fullback. Um, they motion this way. What are the top two plays? They motion that way. What are the top two plays? You know, motioning at the fullback, motion away from the fullback. So we were, we were able to get some good stuff this week. You know, you know, it doesn't happen every week. So I'll, I'll put together a uh, a I don't know, eight to ten play playlist, and, and then and then I might have something in the middle of the week. What I used to do, I used to put it together a uh, on Fridays. I don't do. We don't have Friday meetings at the school, Matt. Now, but last year we'd have Friday meetings for just a little while and I'd put together a uh, 10 play playlist that we would show the kids Friday before the game. And, and I thought that was pretty effective and we'd go over together and every now and then I'd slip in a couple of our highlights from the week before, you know, maybe a good hustle, maybe a great interception or a, or a super hit. So I, you know, I try to think in terms of what the kids would want to see, I guess. Yeah, I miss and and I say every year it's one of those things I I say every year I'm going to do stuff and oh no, we're going to do this and we're going to do that and you know, we're going to do this and it ends up going by the wayside. But one of the things that I do miss about coaching college football was we would have the video test um the night before the game, Friday night before the game. And so I was thinking about doing it for high school where you know, the kids come off the field after a walkthrough, you feed them, and then you have the video test where you pick about 30 plays and you make a call and they have to say left or right or lizard rip or however you make your calls and get everybody lined up, so to speak. But one thing I will say, and I usually, I get, I do it. It's not kind of an unofficial thing. It's never planned, but I get on my soapbox 
um, every week. And I kind of give my tip of the week. And uh, my tip of the week, for those of you who didn't listen to the Periscope, uh, was when you're studying a team that runs empty at a 10 personnel, study where their running back is. If he's to the weak side, if he's to the two receiver side, it's usually going to be their trips routes. If he's to the trip side, it's usually going to be their two by two route. So they're just going to insert their back, run their plays, and then he'll be like he's over to that side. But anyway, my tip of the week is this because I've had less time, because I've, you know, when I was at Sarah, I was a 1099 employee, and the, the boss of the job that I had was also the head coach of the football team. So when we got into some games, some important games towards the end of the year, he'd, you know, say, hey, do your work at night. You can go, like, I'd do walkthroughs during lunch with the kids and stuff like that. But now that I have less time, I have to really maximize my time. In the last couple of weeks, one thing that I've done a lot of is I'm always talking between plays during scout team. So the scout team will run a play. And when they go to huddle up, I'm constantly talking. All right, guys, today's first and 10, second and one to six. Here are their tendencies and 10 personnel. They like this. If it's sudden change situation, they like that. So, so that 30 to whatever seconds, 45 seconds between the play and when they're going to run the next play, I'm always talking. And I'm always looking for little bits of time, times that I took for granted in the past when I had a lot of time. And, and you will be surprised. You'll be surprised how much downtime there is during a football practice when there's stuff that you're not involved in. Like yesterday, I, and, and I'm, you know, we're, this is coming out on Saturday, so I can tell you a little bit of my tip. You know, we have like mutually assured destruction here. So one of the things that we're doing mm-hmm. is we're doing a special three down package this week where we've got a really good uh, nose that we I feel like we're wasting as a zero technique in three down pass rush stuff. So we moved him to a three technique and, and used our backer as the nose. So we're walking up in a 5-0 look, but we have a three technique and a five technique to one side with a five technique and and a backer over the nose and a backer over the other guard. And so I pulled those guys during special teams. It was during kickoff return when the D line is not going to be out there. And, you know, I stole eight minutes there to put that in yesterday or really go review it. And so take a look at your practice script. If you're like me, if you're an off campus guy and you're, you're coming in later or you're just trying to maximize time, I challenge you on on Sunday night, if you have the ability to do this, if you have a practice plan then, um, to go ahead and take a look at your practice schedule and say, okay, where can I maximize time? Where can I really um, go through and find little bits and nooks and crannies to just, even if it's three minutes, explaining something. And I challenge you to really, really look for that. So, Jerry, do you have anything to add there on... um, practice and yeah, I know, know we've kind of taken this off in a different direction but well it's good stuff we're all looking for our ways to practice better I'll tell you that you know a lot of guys talk about practice fast practice fast but I don't believe in that I, we practice slow if, if we have uh, 15 minutes I'm probably going to get only 12 or 13 plays in there and just like you were talking about we're going to explain so and we're going to talk to the kids and why we ran this play and then I might tell them okay if we do this the next answer is probably going to be that. And then I'll, I'll run that play. And then, uh, you know, you've been talking the past couple of weeks, Vass, about uh, the, the way you practice. We, you know, how you, you I think you, you said you went four plays and then the two was went for a, a few plays and, and then the ones finished it out. And we used to do it that way because, mm-hmm. you know, you want to finish strong. But what we ended up finding out was that 
you know, we like to sub a lot in defense. So those twos that are going in there all at the same time, they're not getting a real look because they're not playing in front of great guys. Well, they're not playing in front of the guys that they're normally going to be in the game. So, for instance, I know my backup linebacker is going to take a couple of uh, sets of reps this week. Well, I'm going to get them in here. I'm going to get them in there during the ones. And, you know, maybe we have a third defensive tackle uh, that's going to come in. And so we, we want him to get regular reps. And, and we want him to practice, hey, he's going to come in for three or four plays and give the guy a blow and he's going to come back out and we're going to roll. Now, let me ask you this. How do you do that and make sure that everybody else gets the um, the reps for the play? So, for example, and uh, I hope our kids don't figure this out but so they don't cheat, but like you mentioned, we go four plays for the one, three plays for the twos, four plays for the one. We try to get 11 plays in 10 minutes. And when we make our script now last couple of weeks, we have not had to draw anything because we play offenses that are similar to ours. So we can just put it in our language, but what we have the coaches draw plays one through eight, and then we duplicate the first three plays and make them play five, six and seven for the twos. What drives sure. me crazy. And I'm always on my guys about is they start subbing guys like you're talking about, but what ends up happening is so the other day they put in two second team guys for plays four, five and six. And then put, um, you know, the one guy back in. Well, then, you know, when you put that one back in on play seven, well, play seven is just play three again. So he goes in for play A, B, C, and then C again. And I'm like, guys, we have to sub together because otherwise, or we just pick 11 plays because, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to give these guys different looks, but now, and then if you take him out again, so he gets play A, B, C, C, and then D, E, and he never gets play F. And so I'm very particular about picking scripts. So how do you, if you're rotating in waves, how do you assure that everybody isn't seeing the same play over again, or they're getting the, the requisite amount of looks at each play? Right. So, Number one, just like you said the other day, we never repeat a play. So, uh, like at the beginning of the week, at the beginning of the week, I, I just draw all my plays, you know, left and right, and against my my three down and against my four down. But then, you know, there like we have a play this week uh, that we have to defend. Very good. They run uh, Y uh, Y sale with the fullback coming out of the uh, backfield. So I, I need to make sure that the proper guys see that, and I'll, I'll just mentally note that. As far as the defensive line, the way our defense is structured, he has three techniques, a three technique, and he's going to see down blocks and doubles. And, and I'm not worried about the, I'm more worried about what techniques the defensive lines are going to be seeing. I, I want the linebackers to make sure that, that, you know, like for instance, this week we're reading the angle of the fullback, making sure that they have a sweep, making sure they have a couple of traps. And by the, by the end of the week, they'll all have, those reads because we never run the same play twice. Gotcha. Yeah. So we don't redraw the card. Like we don't use the same cards, but we reuse them. Like I said, so we draw, we make play one, two, and three be also plays one, two, and three for the twos. So that's why I'm always, I'm always careful. And sometimes, so for example, if I'm doing two periods, 
So Monday, this past Monday, we we only do two team periods. Ten per they are ten personnel team like ninety percent of the time or something like that. So we had ten personnel period one and ten personnel period two. Then Tuesday, we did ten personnel versus base review, ten personnel versus blitz, and then our third period was their second and third personnel group. So the first group got four plays of twelve personnel and four plays of twenty personnel. My point is on that Monday, I rank the plays because the ones are only getting 16 original plays because they're getting plays one, two, three, four, then eight, nine, 10, 11 for both series. So for the twos, if you can follow me, I know this is kind of confusing in yeah. audio format. So plays, I, I made sure to pick plays one, two, and three were the three most important plays. And I just went in order, like order what they do, run and pass. Right. And then so four, five, and six were the top three plays for the, for the twos. We've talked about that now in the second group team period, I did plays one, two, three, and four, but for five, six, and seven, which is the plays for the twos, we actually did plays eight, nine, 10 from the first script because, or actually no, it was four, eight, nine, because if we're going one to, you know, we did one to 16, we did the top. And a lot of them were like, like they run zone read and they actually run a really interesting play. It's zone read wedge. So you imagine you're running zone read to the left and then the left side of the line is actually wedge blocking. It's a, it's a pain in the ass, but they run that exponentially more than any other play. So in the four pods and the four little four play uh, series for the ones, I think they saw that each of those plays three times. Cause that's what we got to stop. But my point mm-hmm. is, we duplicated four, four, uh, eight, nine from the first team period for the twos in the second because those were actually, you know, plays play number four, five, and six in terms of importance. So, and I know this is is if if you're following along, you're probably like, what the hell is that <laughs> talking about? But if you kind of draw it out and write it out, it makes sense. Um, you know, you just take their top sixteen plays. A lot of them are repeated. We I try to do percentages. So it's like, okay, if you were to take a 16 play sample of an offense, because really you want to, you know, what do we always talk about? Top five runs, top five passes. Some guys are only top three guys. Okay, well, so we'll take it in and, and we do formations and plays. And one of my complaints about Huddle, or it's not even Huddle, it's any database software is if you sort by frequency, it's going to sort the top formation, then the top play. But so, for example, uh, this team is heavy, heavy three by one. Well, their third most, their third most run play was they run same side zone out of two by two. But because you're sorting logic, you're not sorting formation and play together. You're sorting the top formation and then the top play or the top play and then the top formation. So it's going to be all the plays out of three by one. So if you don't, and so this is what I do to get around this. If you guys, I'm getting real nerdy now. So one of the things that I do is I take, I export my data in huddle. This is, we've really gone off the rails. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> I export my data in huddle and I put, drop it into an Excel document and I run a pivot table. And, but at the end, what I do is, is I, I create an extra column. It's, it's, it's an, it's a function called concatenate. And what it does is it's a fancy word for combo. So you can take two cells and put them together and then sort it that way. And so, for example, what I found was when they were in two by two, they ran same side zone. 
was actually their number three play, but you wouldn't get that if unless you sorted it formation and play together. Or I do multiple ones. So I have formation motion play and then I have formation play to go through all that stuff. And I, and it and it makes stuff pop out that when you're doing frequency for database, because it's one column, then the next, some of that stuff gets lost. So anyway, I'm we've we're we've wandered way off topic. It's good because we don't we didn't get a ton of questions this week, so we can get deeper mm-hmm. into last week. It was I was flying solo and we had like 27 questions. My next question comes from Matthew Carden, who's the defensive coordinator at Hillcrest High School. And he actually spelled it phonetically and it's Heelcrest. That's what he uh, wrote for me. Heelcrest, Tuscaloosa, <laughs> Alabama. I, my man Matt lives right down the street from Bama. When I was there, he texted me one night and there was nothing I could really do because you, when you go to those schools late at night, if you, if you walk out, you're done. You ain't getting back in. And so he's like, Hey, do you want to get together? And I, I would have loved to, but I wouldn't have been able to get back in. So I was like, Oh, let's catch up another time. But he's a great guy. Just awesome dude. Uh, his Twitter handles at Bama Waldo. Like where's Waldo? He has got two questions for me. The first is he wanted me to ask, um, how do you match up coverages with uh, George's odd mirror package? And do you have any other ways that you try to keep fast quarterbacks from hurting you with their legs? And secondly, what do you like versus vertical setting offensive line? So the first part, if we're going to run odd mirror and here's the key with odd mirror. So odd mirror, for those of you who don't know the, the original version is five zero five odd front. It's a third down deal. You walk up your backers over each guard. And basically what happens is on the snap of the ball, the ends run up and unders. The nose contains the one side and the backer walked up to the back, has the back and the backer away is your spy. And he gets ready to play the break of the quarterback. And that was the original version and played behind it is either two man or some sort of man match cover too. So in Bama's world, Cougar or Buster, or for those of you guys who know that, you could play some versions of quarters, but usually it's two man under. Now, what ends up happening is, is so then your, your, your game plan, your other blitzes come off that look. And basically what you're just trying to do is get them into a 5-0 protection where you're getting man on man across the board. Well, then it morphs. And so without burning any bridges and giving up any secrets and anybody could have seen this, but um, what you saw Bama and Georgia do in Tennessee is they have an NFL package where, and this is all online. If you look hard enough and please don't ask me to send it to you. Cause I'm not going to just being, just being honest. Um, they have an NFL package where like the big guys go to one side. So your nose is your nose. Your one of your ends is the three technique to the field. One of your ends is the five technique to the field. And then one of your backers is the three technique to the boundary standing up. And the other backers, the five technique. And then what they found is I think Georgia had a really good pass rusher. And so they realized they were wasting him as a nose. And was kind of what we were talking about earlier. So they shaded him and then they put the backers on both sides. They did this a lot in 2017 with Roquan was the other side. And they made their whole blitz package look like that. So they had, they had the mirror where they run the up and unders. Well, first of all, is you run go. So you line up in the look, you bring the guys off the edge. One of your backers takes the back. The other one spies the quarterback. Then you run the mirror, which is basically you're trying to break the quarterback and flush the quarterback. And then they started creating a bunch of different rush paths where like one side runs the up and under 
and the other side runs the long, runs the hoop. And so you try to flush him to his left, and then the guy from the left. So you try to flush the quarterback to the defensive right. So the right side end comes up and under, flushes the quarterback to our right, his left, and then the left side defensive end runs all the way around and gets the sack on the other side. Um, and there's all sorts of crazy stuff. You can run twists with the backers and you literally your brain is your only limit but the coverage behind it is i'm going to play some sort of too high coverage or a match coverage so you know i've played two man man match cover two zone but it's 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 kind of an, an oxymoron it's basically if two goes out at or under five yards it becomes two deep zone and if not it's two man and then uh, I've played brackets behind it. I've played the one double jersey number coverage that Belichick runs where you double one guy and then the other guy plays the middle of the field. Um, some sort of coverage along those lines. Because one of those backers is accounting for the back and then the other one's spying. Now, also, we're going to run some of the, we run some of the Patriots pressures. The Bama calls it odd magic where your nose goes one way, your three technique goes the other, and then one of the other three tech loops around three-man games where uh your nose slants one way your three slants the other and your end comes all the way around to the inside and then the opposite where your end comes underneath your backer comes underneath and your nose loops any kind of three man any kind of three man bear passing rush game anything you can think of you can run out of those looks your 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 like i said your imagination is, runs wild but the coverage behind it's pretty simple now to answer your other question about the second part of that about flushing quarterbacks to try to keep hurting you I just try to see what he likes to do and don't let him do it. I know that sounds simple, but if he likes to flush to his right, we're going to build a wall to his right and make him go to his left. Uh, if he likes to, uh, if you see a guy who's who's uh, sneaky, I hate using this word. I'm using this tongue in cheek, but like sneaky athletic where he's got really good, like Brady is really good with his feet in the pocket sliding around. Now he's no, by no means a great athlete, but in sense of like running, but he, he's good with his feet. Peyton Manning was the same way. You know, we saw a team last week that they were in the pistol and their quarterback was good at stepping up, but it's hard to step up when you're the back behind you was coming around and getting in front of you. And that's any pistol team. There's another pistol team we play down the road that does the same thing. So we tried to push the pocket so he couldn't step up because he was going to tr- basically step up into his running back. Um, And so we just kind of, you know, kind of do what they don't want to do. But the, the origin of the question was basically like, well, you know, I got sick of a couple of years ago. We're playing a running quarterback and we're rushing four guys. And I'm basically sitting there and giving me a nice, neat, clean pocket. And I'm like, this is stupid. This guy's going to break out of there anyway. Why don't we just tell him where he's going to go? And so it's basically like building a pass coverage. Where do you, where are you going to let them throw the ball? It's the same way. Where are you going to, where are you going to let the quarterback get his launch point from? You know, and so just force them there. The second part of the question is what do you like doing versus vertical setting off the line? Uh, generically speaking, you, you want your twist to happen later on. Um, because if that's the whole thing is if they happen now, they can, you can pick them up. But honestly, we like to bull rush a lot, you know, or be ready. So you start to rush at them. And then when they start to stop, count how many steps they take, count how many yards. And then, cause eventually they got to stop and then to have your guys be ready to make their moves later on delay their move so you know kind of create an internal mechanism for the defensive line be like okay you're gonna bull 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 or it's not really bullying you're running at them but you're not bull rushing them because they're not you're not engaged yet 
but run, run at them, run at them, run at them. And then when they start to set their feet, then make your move. Um, also, I mean, one thing that you can do is if you're vertical setting, I think you can contain from inside. I think you can, you can run your games where your three techniques mm-hmm. can get vertical and you like, you're running a TE game where the three is going first and the end's coming second where you can have the, the three just keep going vertical because you can contain the quarterback, especially if he's going to step up. You know, our, one of the hardest parts of our kids is telling him, hey, in the run game, I care about gaps, but in the passing game, I don't care. I, I don't care about gaps. I care about launch points on the quarterback. And you can contain through the B gap without looping outside around the tackle. And so that's one thing I would do is just take, t- teach your kids to conceptualize like, you don't have to be outside the tackle to contain the quarterback is what I'm trying to say. I'm trying I'm the long way of saying that. So um, I don't know how you feel about that. Well, you know, I, I like to uh, that I uh, make my TE twist, I think, a, a little bit uh, quicker than you, Vass. I'm uh, looking at it and, uh, you know, quarterbacks now, at least against us, you know, we bring the pressure uh, a, a bit. And so they're getting rid of the ball fast. You know, sometimes I feel like if they're uh, we're taking too long, you know, the ball's already gone by by the time uh, we're into the twist. Right. Um, right. So we'll also um, like to send like uh, an outside linebacker and then tw- and then twist the defensive line as well. So we'll have the outside linebacker, then the defensive end will come uh, the defensive end will, will go over the top of the defensive tackle kind of so it's a te twist with okay. a guy coming off the the guy coming off the end and uh and so you know what's the tackle going to do is, is, is he going to pick up the uh end uh you know we like to do it to the side of the running back you know if we're going to set it that way uh hope you know thinking that the slide is going to go the other way uh so we do ours a little bit faster than I guess you do. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention is that, you know, say we know the pressure is coming to the field from the field. I'll, I'll tell my defensive end that's just about to say, look, the other guy getting a sack here. So it's really imperative that you don't get past the quarterback's hip. You know, we don't want him, you know, you see these quarterbacks step up. You see him doing the drills all the time, but, you know, we don't want him stepping up and, and then sliding away. I mean, so, we, you know, if anything, we want to make the quarterback go over the top of you, if you know what I mean there, Vass. Absolutely. You know, so we we really keying into the guys that, that are blitzing. Right. Well, and I, I have to be careful with what I say. I, I've seen a lot of teams, some teams, I don't want to get banned. Um I've seen some teams running twists, like you said, they're using, but they're using the inside linebacker. So if you're vertical setting and your guy's not a super freak, they can get around the edge. What they're doing is, is they're putting teams are starting to run. So if you can imagine this picture, double threes and picture your to the side of the back. So the center turns away. Uh, your mic or your remaining linebacker, your money, whatever you want to call him, is blitzing in the A gap. 
and picking and going the center and hitting the center and then ricocheting towards the guard and then the three technique, they're running twist that way and putting the end on the back. Because if you're vertical setting, it's hard to run around the edge. But you can vertical set all day, but if I'm blitzing up inside, I'm giving you pressure to flush you out. Well, now you can't step up in the pocket because you don't have a pocket, if that makes sense. I mean, and I yeah. maybe I'm seeing the wrong teams, but if everybody's vertical setting, it's like, you know those old things that you used to be able to put your hand in? They were the pins. They were those like pin cushion thing of those pins and you press like on the science type center or whatever, where like you push your yeah. hand and it makes an imprint of your hand. That's what I imagine the <laughs> offensive line. Everybody's just walking back and it's like, okay, well now you can't step up. So yeah, we can't run around the edge, but you can't step up. And it's, I don't know. I, and, and this is me being super country, but when somebody's doing something different, they're doing it for a reason. And when they do something different, they're not allowed to do something else. They've now given up something to get something. And so what are they giving up? Well, let's go do that. So if everybody's vertical setting and you're not creating a pocket, everybody's just getting back. I'm going to try to bring as much inside pressure as possible and try to force you to bounce out. Well, okay, well now my DNs are way at field. Well, now that quarterback has to roll all the way outside. It's hard for him to step up, especially if you're bringing that inside pressure. So, Let me ask you, are you seeing a lot of, we don't seeing a lot of deep purple sets anymore. It seems, it seems like we're getting more on the line of scrimmage now. Are you seeing we see a mixture. Sets? We see a mixture. We see it sometimes in practice. Our offense does it, which makes it hard because if you are going to twist, I just don't think it, and that's just my opinion. Everybody's got a different opinion. It doesn't make sense to twist quickly versus a team that really vertical sets because they right. watch you twist and you're, they're just there. Then that's why they do it. And you, you and, and you could hear the O-line coaches because we, we experimented with it in the spring and you know, you could just hear the line coach going, that's why we vertical set. So we can pick all that stuff up. I'm like, all right, well now we got to make it happen later or just go. That's why I like bull rushing. Cause at some point those guys got to stop. And you know, if you're backing up, it's just like playing DB. What's the hardest thing for a DB to do to go, f- to go from a, a backwards movement to a forward movement. So now these guys are, these fat asses are running backwards. And I can say that cause I'm a fat ass. They're running backwards, literally running backwards. And now they have to stop and anchor down. Well, you got to be a pretty good athlete to do that. So I'm going to throw your ass over. Um, and when you go to get that sudden movement to jerk yourself to stop, and you're going at such a rate of speed, if I time that up right, I'm, I'm throwing your ass over. So that's right. just, I don't know. Right. That's just, I'm country. Well, that's not basically. Well, that's our base pass for us. Is a ball and pull. We're going to come and hit you, and then when the uh, when you feel the momentum shift, we're going to pull you. And right. That that's our base way to just generally pass rush. Yeah, that makes sense. That that definitely makes sense. Um, so that does it for that question. Thanks, Matt, for your question. The next question comes. Ooh, I might sit this one out. Um, this comes from Matthew Wood, who coaches DBs at Spring Lake. Uh, Spring Lake Park High School and that is in Spring Lake Park Minnesota his Twitter handle is at Coach M Wood the number two his question is this in 4-4 cover three base defense we've gotten beat frequently out of three by one formations with seam and hook curl routes on play action pass 
What adjustments should we make to become more sound in coverage? Uh, <laughs> I am the last person to ask this question because I have a, a allergy to cover three, like true cover three. Um, I, I Jerry, I'll let you take the first stab at this. <laughs> Give me the vote again, Dash. Okay, so they have a trouble with uh, they're beat, beat frequently out of three by one formations with seam and hook curl routes on play action passes. Well, my well, go ahead. I'll answer second. Well, we're gonna play when, when we when we having that trouble. We're, we're gonna play that. Um, I, I guess the guy in the apex between two and three. We're gonna play him seam curl flat. So I mean, if number two is running down the seam, that outside linebacker's nickel is going to run with him all the way down the seam. Same thing with uh, if we have trips and we're in cover three, we're going to slide our backers to the trips and we're going to open up our mic to the uh, the Michael B. Fifty technique now, and then we're going to open up our mic to number three and have him run with him vertical. And you know, we have the free safety that's back there and the that's on his divider on the middle field and, and the corner on his divider. And we practice a lot of listening for under routes and, uh, and, and, and in routes or smash routes. And uh, so, but that outside linebacker, the key for us anyways, that for that outside linebacker is he's got to carry everything vertical. And um, so you're not going to get us on that. Um you know, we, we, we practiced a lot this week of, of getting that. We had number three uh, going away from us and number two running across. So as soon as number three goes away from us, our, our Mike linebacker is going gonna, is gonna to run as fast as he can underneath that curl. And we, we practiced the shit out of that this week. Now, it's play-action pass, so it, it, it's, a, it, it's a little bit harder. So I, I, I tell that Mike, if, if he comes up and he's on the line of scrimmage and action pass he can't he can't drop back anymore he's just going to continue on to the quarterback um uh, the other thing that, that you can do is, is uh you know slide the backers over some and and, and play with the backs that that the backs that outside linebacker in the boxing and keep a six-man box like that you know what i mean by that Vess? say that one more time well what what what, what what we can do is you're four down, so I'll take that backside outside linebacker sometimes, and I'll put him if it's three by one. I'll put him right in the fifty. Right. Got it. And that, it, it, okay, so that that's the outside. I call him the rover, and then I'll move the will over to he'll be an a gap player, and and then I'll set a three and a five to the field, and and, and we'll we'll play like that. Gotcha. You know, you know, that's a tough one with with a play action pass. You know, right from right to the uh, the linebacker right there. Yeah, I mean, so it, my answer on this is play action pass. Well, uh, how much are they selling that run fake? Is it a real? Right. I mean, is it really hard to decipher? So one of the advantages, this is just my opinion, and I'm not a cover three guy by any means, so I could be full of crap, but one of my opinions is that RPOs have made defending play action passes easier because schematically 
we have had to divide the labor. Your run first, and I stole this from Ron Roberts, but are you action to coverage or are you coverage to action? Are you playing the run, then the pass? Are you playing the pass, then the run? So my apex guy, so my guy outside, because we play Bam, when we play cover three, sorry, um, we play Bam as skinny coverage. And so basically, the the outside corners being bail man on one, the nickels playing stubby stump block, whatever you want to call it, on two. Uh, the apex guy is gonna on the pass is gonna roll underneath number two, and then your weak or your your weak hook curl player, weak hook player is gonna play three up as the Bama guys call it three mm-hmm. ups three, and then your backside player is gonna play four to first crosser. So our three up right. player, the the pop pass is the hard one because your your three up player is using the box. But that guy that's apexed, he's not. He he is a coverage to action player. He is playing the pass first and then the run. So he's checking, and and if you you know, if he sees run, he's going to temple the ball and then go. But I mean, I don't really have. A, I don't want to be a jerk, but I mean, you really kind of go you're playing a coverage that's hard on it's like, how do I, how, how do I make ourselves more sound playing the smash versus cover two? Well, you know, I don't want to say play action pass was invented to beat, you know, cover three, but it's definitely, it, I'd say it's up there. And so I don't know. I'm sure there's things that you could do. And if I knew more about your coverage and I could tweak it, but I just think that's a product of the coverage. I think that, you know, if you're playing cover three, try sneaking in some cover one, you know, exactly. RPOs and, 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 you know, and we basically said screw cover three, which was, did not take much convincing for me. It was like, ah, you're twisting my arm. Okay. I give up. Uh, as we, you know, we're like, all right, this is going to play out like cover one. This is going to play out like cover one. And then finally, and we're like, okay, unless there's crossing routes, well, we don't see a ton of crossing routes. So I'm like, well, why don't we just play cover one? Because everything ended up fitting like cover one with some exceptions. So, for example, on four verts, if you're playing the skinny tag. On number two, your your strong curl player, whatever strong hook player, whatever you want to call him, he is relating to two and he's going to carry the seam to 10 to 12 yards. So you have a guy outside the seam and inside the seam. And on number three, your three up players underneath with your safety over the top. So in a traditional cover three, that seam is not has has a man concept on it. So you, you can clean that up. That's one thing you do is play skinny. Uh, the problem then becomes if you get four strong load pass. Now you it has to become more of an area zone match cover three and skinny zone match, but like a true zone drop. So you, you can only do it so much. but. I would say if you're getting beat in that stuff, if you bastardize it too much, you're going to have problems because you're going to end up unwinding the coverage and it's going to look like another coverage and you're not going to get out of it what you want to get out of it. So maybe this is the wrong. And, and again, if, if any cover three experts, Kyle Kogan, if you're listening and you have some other, I mean, Jerry's given some great answers. I'm basically waving the white flag um, is I would change coverages if that's becoming a real problem for you. Or twist the front and cancel the gaps and then make the ball bounce out so those guys can play coverage to action. What were you going to say, Jerry? Sorry, I cut you off. 
No, my first, my, when I hear play action pass and, and trips, my, my first thought is, you know, uh, you know, stubby special. Stubby yes. A, a special, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, that, uh, cover three doesn't cross my mind. Right. And what if so you're seeing four verts? Because here's my thing, and this is going to, well, I don't, this is, this is going to be a forever problem. So I don't know how much I want to get into this, but it's not really so much of a problem this year as it has been the past year. Our nickel, you know, we see it. We're going to see a kid at number two receiver this week that is six foot three, 180 pounds, 190 pounds. He's going to Oklahoma. My strong safety ain't that kid. And so the problem with stubby and special and all that stuff is you're one-on-one on that route with no middle of the field help. So we looked at playing some cover three, some cover one and some cover three to get an extra guy there. Now you make yourself weak because the problem is if you play stubby, you can double the X. If you play cover three, you can't. So if they have, if they line him up at the X that's like, if he's at the number two receiver, let's play cover three. If he's at the X receiver, let's play stubby because so that's exactly. one of the things that has become a problem. But if you can hang stubby is a great answer. And if you already play the skinny tag, all stubby is, is it's scare stump, which is the off version of special is I taught, I taught, I taught, Cover six to our kids this week. They didn't even know. No, it was three strong. So it'd be three. It'd be three sky, three strong. I told the corner, you're playing stump. I told the strong safety, you are playing stump. So they already know it. So it's interchangeable. So if you teach skinny, you could teach stump and say, hey, you just teach it the other way around. Corner, you're going to play skinny. Or you're, yeah, you're going to play skinny. Strong safety, nickel, whatever you want to call them. You're going to play skinny. And then you tell the, the deep safety to the side, okay, you're going to play you know, vertical three. You're going to play palms three to two, three goes out. You play to two and you could teach it like that. And that's when we get later in our coverage package. That's how we teach stuff. They don't even know. Like, you know, when I taught, when I taught, I forgot what coverage is, but I literally, it was, it was all techniques they'd already done. Just different guys were doing different things. And so they learned the coverage. Like, what do you have? We call it Bronco vertical and out. It's the TCU Bronco. It's like Michigan state quarters. If it's twins. So our kids, and, and I forgot what coverage it was, but I would say, what do you have? What do you have in this coverage? And they wouldn't say curl to flat or whatever. They would say Bronco rules. So they learned it like that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving along. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry. You've come to the wrong place for that. Que- well, Jerry did a great job. I just, I, I feel like I, I shouldn't answer those questions. Okay. So next, we have the returning champion. We've got two guys on here that ask questions every week, and I freaking love it. This is Jeff Bache. Bache. Yeah, so I asked phonetic spelling on some of these things because I was messing it up. Oh, his question's the best. Oh, wait till you hear this question. Okay, his Twitter handle is at J-B-A-I-S-C-H from Lapine High School and Lapine, I forget what state. I want to say Washington, but I don't remember. Don't well, I should just look up because he's asked a question every week. So it's Lapine, Oregon. Okay. So his question is, what are some cover three variations that can be run versus trips? (laughs) (laughs) So a little bit different of a question. So obviously uh, I'll go first. And this one is skinny. So skinny again is, is Ripley's match on one and two. 
I don't, and I hate to do this and be that guy, but I don't want to get into a whole talk about Rip Liz. We did two podcasts on Rip Liz, one for two by two, one for three by one. If this is something that interests you in depth, please check out the first episode of Make Defense Great Again when we had our offseason format with Kyle Kogan. We went into the whole thing. It is Ripley's match uh, on one and two and then three deep zone with the rest of the guys. Uh, and it is a way to match four verts or really get five on four deep. That's one. There's this tag that people are starting to run, and I don't know if it came from Fangio, but... This is a real interesting one that if I ran cover three and saw saw a lot of benders, I would run. Some people call it different things. I think the Bears or, or Fangio calls it key. The saving guys call it sight, S-I-T-E. So if you can imagine this and picture this, which you're going to have to do since this is a podcast, but the weak safety. So imagine you're playing cover three, okay? Cover six, weak side rotation. So usually your weak safety has... I learned it from the same guy. So four to first crosser. So if the back's to my side, I have the back out or I have the first crosser coming from the other side. If he goes to the strong side and your backer in the box, if you're seeing three by one, like trips open is your three up as three player. So here's how it works. You play cover three everywhere else like normal, but your weak hook defender, who's your three up as three player and your weak safety, who's your four to first crosser player reads the back. This is genius, by the way. Okay, if and I'm saying that because I didn't come up with this, if the back flares and it's fast, weak, it plays out just like regular cover six, the weak safety, free safety, whatever you want to call them, matches the back. Your hook player has three up is three. He takes the bender with this help from the deep safety, regular money, you know, just like everything else. If the back does not flare and is in the down as Kyle would say he is he is blocking and then releasing or blocking or whatever then the weak hook defender aka the linebacker who's usually how it's done you can always buzz that guy down that safety into the hook and then have your backer be the edge but whatever most people do it like this your backer who usually has three up now takes the running back and your deep safety takes the bender and why is because it's much easier to run with a deep guy basically playing like poach safety, like a solo safety in quarters than it is from a down a linebacker playing the short to deep, which is why Bobby Wagner makes $10 million a year because he can play that technique with ease. I think that's great. And I think if you're getting a lot of four verts and you major in cover three, that would be the first thing I would do. Um, I would also play skinny if the back was weak and I would play your skate coverage, your regular flood coverage. If the back was strong, I know uh, there are some teams that will also play the skinny tag, even if the back is strong, if they don't release them fast, but I would be paranoid that because when that back is flares fast, you really have to flood that coverage. You really have to get that nickel can no longer be vertical at two. He has got to push out and be the edge of the defense. He has to take that back out. But it's a way to now you can match those vertical routes in skinny where in skate, it's more of a, a true zone, you know, two guys, the corners midpointing one and two and the safety's got the deep middle third. So those are my first two variations and answers. So, uh, Jerry, you've run more cover three than I have. What do you no. got? No, I, I, I don't really have much. I, I do have a question. See, is, 
uh, old TCU terms was a sink. Was that a, uh, or is it sink the same as skate? Do you remember that term sink? Sink is a technique. Um, in TCU world, sink is the drop in Tampa. It's the curl dropper in Tampa. So you're vertical of two looking for crossers, but it's a true zone drop. So I'm dropping straight back. I'm eyeballing two to my side and I'm looking for crossers from two from the other side. Okay. Then can you refresh us on, on skate then? Skate is a traditional flood the coverage cover three. So with weak side rotation in Bama's world and in half of NCAA football these days, I mean, when I say Bama, I mean Tennessee, Georgia, South Carolina, and anybody else that's ever worked for even even uh, Grantham at Florida is big saving guy. So skate is, and we also talk about this in the in the Ripless Pod, the three by one Ripless Pod, because that's where you got to start. Skate is your midpoint um, cover three coverage. So your corner is vertical of one and two, squeezing two, like TCU. I think you're thinking of roll as the coverage. No, no skate. Uh, you, you, uh, I, 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 for some reason, was calling a thing to my team. So, oh, you know, oh, oh. we. So oh, well, in TCU world, they call it why. roll. So the corner, the corner is midpointing one and two. Yeah. Uh, the the deep safety, we could be the strong safety in this in Bama's defense is the middle thirds, and then your underneath guys are pushing out. It's a true flooded coverage where, and I, I'm sure if Kyle's listening, he's probably like, "Those aren't the right words." So I'm doing the street version, but your nickel <laughs> is dropping to one. Your your backer that's apexing three in the end man line of scrimmage is dropping to two. Your guy that's in the box is dropping to three. And your backside guy is four to first crosser. So right. a lot of those guys in 2019, if the back is weak, they're going to play Rip Liz on one and two. And then if the back is strong, they will play skate where they truly flood the coverage, where everybody's pushing one zone right. over. So your curl flat player becomes your flat player, so on and so forth. Now, right. if you have some balls, uh, a.k.a. stupidity like me, and you want to play skinny with a post-snap area check or post-snap area call, this is how you would do it. So you play skinny. So you're playing Ripley's on one and two. And if the bat goes fast to the field, the corner, this is, this is some chalkboard magic, the corner will go from playing basically bail man-to-man on one to midpointing one and two, and then everybody pushes. So your strong safety, who's uh, your nickel, who's like scooching or whatever they call it now, just buzzes out to the flat, and then everybody else stays the same. Because it's really the only difference between skinny and skate is how you play your corner. So if you're going to play the nickel heavy on two, the corner plays heavy on one. If the corner's going to midpoint one and two like they do in skate, then the nickel's going to buzz out to the flat, buzz underneath number one. And there's and, and I'm and I'm if you're really interested in this, check out the podcast because Kyle does it a lot better than I do, and we go way in depth. No, right. So we've we've only over all these years. I'm kind of like you had a guest on a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, I forget who, Justin uh, Braun Braun. Yes, um, yes. How do you say his name? I'm sorry, Jason Jason Bourne. Jason, sorry, Jason. Like Bourne identity. Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> I'm a lot like him. He uses the analogy of the uh, treasury, right? 
remember he, he uh, talked about the guy how, how they catch the counterfeiters. They just, they just yeah. Said, we've all, we, we've only run cover three two different ways all, all these years. We're gonna run your, your skate version, and then we're gonna run uh, like like a, a zone blitz version of it and kind of bastardize that up a little bit. And uh, we're gonna get real good at the routes and, and recognize them and, and, and do it that way. Yes. Now, let me ask you that. When you play that version, and you might answer this in the first part, and I apologize, it's been a doozy of a day, but how do you handle the bender of three? Uh, which, with the skate version or, or the... Uh... The zone blitz version, because what I'm seeing is, this is the way I visualize it. So, in the skate version, is how I would play zone blitz, would be the corners playing bail on one, the nickels playing bail on two, and then you just vacate that guy, the guy that pushes out and who's usually your, your strong hook to curl player who's buzzing underneath number two. And then you're usually your weak hook curl player has three vertical and has the bender. I would just void that, that number two dropper and just say, Hey, we're going to drop outside in with the nickel, not have any inside presence. And because you're playing man like tendencies, the corners matching one, the nickels matching two, the backer in the box is whoever that middle guy is going to match three, and we're going to lose that extra guy. But how do you do it? When you say number three, the, number three is running in and running out. Number three is running the vertical bender. But, but I don't know what you mean by that. Is he bending in? Like, he's bending inside. He is bent. He is running. It's four yeah. verts, and he's the guy bending across to the opposite right. hash. So, I get you. So how would you play that in your fire zone version? The the, the free safety, the, the guy in the middle of the third, the middle of the third, middle third guy would probably just just, just would take him man probably. As, as soon as number three comes vertical, he would take him man. You don't have him split two and number and number two and number three. No, what's number two doing? They're all going. It's four verts. Yeah. No, no, yeah, I answered this before. So the the, the nickels, the, the nickel Sam is going to is going to run with him all the way vertical, and then what we'll do is if, like you said, the backside outside linebacker, if if this guy doesn't come out to his side, he's he's going to take off up to the middle of, he's he's going to get underneath it, you know, your, your weak side safety, it, he he he's going to come back. Gotcha. Uh, you know, you see what I'm saying? So depending on what the back does, you know, which way is the back going? Right. Blocking. So that's basically the site where well, you kind of talked about the site. Yeah. It's a variation of this, the site technique we talked about. It's just not, yeah, it's so not as you're down a guy. I don't, uh, I don't know the words. I just know what I do. <laughs> I don't know. The, I don't know. I don't that's know the great. technical words. That's great. You explained something. I didn't 100% understand it inside and out. And I'm like, Oh, there's this other great call. And then I basically explained the same thing back again. Awesome. <laughs> Oh man. Well, I hope that answered your question, Jay, uh, Jeff rather. All right. got a couple questions left. Jay Ostrowski. Oh, this is the wrong question to ask me because I'm never going to have a good answer for you. He's defensive coordinator and inside linebackers coach at Lakeshore high school and St. Clair shores, Michigan. His question is how many coverage and coverage variations of the same coverage are too many. I don't have an number on that. Whatever your kids can handle. I don't, (laughs) I don't think there's a fixed number. I've had groups of kids that can handle a little bit. And my mentor always used to say there's A through Z learners. There is ABC learners and there's A learners. 
There's some guys that you can give them the whole scouting report and they'll devour it. There's certain guys that you got to tell them, okay, here's the really important stuff you got to worry about. And then there's some guys that's like, do this. I don't think there's a, a fixed answer for you there on that on that question, uh, Ray. Unfortunately, I mean, I I I'm gonna do. I'm going to take the number of coverage. I don't even think about it. Like count. I, I couldn't even tell you how many we have because it's situational. We may not, we may use something week two that we don't use till again for the rest of the year. And so I think as many as your kids can handle and you still be effective. I think it depends if you're platoon or not. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Right. So, you know, we're going to get really good at, you know, cover two read pops or whatever you're going to call it. And then I think what you do is you just kind of just tweak it just a little bit. And sometimes you can keep on adding on to it. And sometimes you got to stop. And, and uh, you know, last year was my first year with this team. And, and uh, we put some stuff in. And now this is year two. And, and, and we've had some uh, a lot of carryover. So we were able to add to it. And uh, it's kind of like uh, making a recipe. you you got to know what you have. And you got to know your ingredients. And you know, and, and, and how to mix it up and, and, and how to, how to get it right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all by feel. Like I said, I've had, I had, I've coached at school. I had a, a group of kids who were not great academically, but they played football since they were, they were young kids. So they were football smart and football savvy. I had a group of kids at a school that was very high academics that didn't understand the game because they didn't start playing until, some of them till they were sophomores and juniors in high school. And then this, this group I have now is the best of both worlds. They're smart on and off the field and they love football and they've been playing together in grade school. Cause they, the kids here, there's not really, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know. I'm new to the area, but I don't think there's a heavy pop Warner presence because these kids play together in elementary school. In fact, they have like a huge day where like, I guess everybody votes on the top two. It's kind of like the old BCS. Like everybody plays in their little group and then they have the two best teams play at the, one of the big stadiums. I think it might even be Fresno state stadium. The next question comes from Greg Francis, who's the defense coordinators and safeties coach at Ralston Valley and Arvada, uh, Colorado. Uh, his Twitter handles at Greg P Francis. By the way, the last question from Ray Ostrowski, his Twitter handles at M G O Ray. O. Three three one three. This question is facing a double tight full house full backfield team. They run power where the near back kicks out, the full back fakes the dive, and the far half back falls the guard around the hole via midline. They are much bigger than we are. I was hoping to run some twists and stun up from to try to confuse them. Any other suggestions or ideas? You want to take this one? <laughs> well, no twists. I, 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 you know, they're coming downhill right at you. I, I'm more of a guy. We're, we're gonna. Uh, Plant the line one way or the other. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe maybe get him some gaps, but uh, I, I against double tights, I, I I don't like twists at all. Uh, so um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna slant the line, and uh, we're gonna line up in a couple of different fronts. And uh, if they're, they're they're bigger than you are, I'm hoping you're, you're faster than they are, and get get your kids to redirect. Yeah, I think the best way to stop this stuff now, the midline and veer stuff is different. Well, midline's different, but I would say for the off tackle stuff, spill. So teach your kids, your edge guys, find your two best, toughest kids, teach them how to spill, 
cock him at a 45 degree angle and have him read the hip of the tight end. Tight end's down. I'm coming down the line and I'm taking two guys out and I'm making the ball spill. If they're running off tackle and they're, they can move your line all they want, but you knock out the run to your support players, you get your play side linebacker and your DB support who's got the tight end man to man out there. You know, we used to play St. Francis in um, Mountain View, California, and they're an I team, and they used to run. They, they'd move us off the ball a little bit, but some of the plays wouldn't matter because our strong safety would be up on the line, and he would come flat down the line, crush the fullback and the, and the pulling guard and make it bounce. And so there's this big, beautiful hole for the back to run through, but he can't get, he can't get there. He, just, he can't get through there. Now, that's not going to help you on midline. Um, if... You're getting midline. This is what I'll say. If you're getting veer and midline, you got to check the line splits. Because if you're getting veer, midline, and power, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say there's no way that they can have big splits. There's no way that they can have the same splits. And Jerry, tell me if you think I'm full of it. But usually you're going to open your splits for midline. You're going to open your splits for veer. But if you're going to run power, that's kind of hard with big splits. So what I would do is if they get in big splits is I'd pinch everybody. And if they get normal splits, I would try to find, like Jerry said, I would try to slant to an indicator and I would have the guy up off the edge spilling off the edge. That's what I would do. And then I would, I would, if they're running midline and veer they're if they're running midline, I think they can get away with it. But if they're running veer, they're probably having to count some sort of count system. So move and stem. That's the best way to confuse right. them pre-snap. Right. And the other thing is that you got to make sure that, that you're getting the safeties involved because the, you know, if they're if they're running there in midline, you you you're going to need an extra player, and, yep. and you got to get those guys involved. Absolutely. You know, and, and make sure they're really schooled. You know, underload, overload. You know, and geez, we we face a really good team. You know, we we always put two guys on the quarterback inside inside shoulder and outside shoulder on the quarterback. Absolutely. Okay, our last question comes from Terrence Grant, and it's going to be a real short answer for you, Terrence. Uh, Terrence is the outside linebackers coach at Santiago High School in Corona, California. This is funny. Terrence is on the third Santiago staff that I've gotten to know, and I haven't got to know a lot of people around here since I've only been here for a little over a decade, but um, I've known uh, the lineage of coaches at Santiago going back 12 years. Terrence is a great guy, asks great questions. His Twitter handle is at Terrence. T-E-R-R-A-N-C-E underscore Gant, G-A-N-T. His question is, outside of wing T, flex bone, what offensive formations plays keep you up at night? Well, first of all, uh-huh. I, I don't want to be a dick, but the flex bone does not keep me up at night. The wing T, depending on what kind of wing T it is, does not keep me up at night. I'm also not going to tell you what keeps me up at night because I know that, I mean, like, I'm a pretty open guy and I'll tell you what we do, but I'm not going to be like, Hey, uh, can you guys please? Here's exactly what we hate. Um, I will answer the question this way. I'll take this a different way. So I, what I'm going to say is this. If you're a defensive coordinator, and I had a conversation with Keith uh, Fagan earlier today about this. Reverse engineer your defense for 2020. So when you're trying to figure out what you're going to install. Don't teach empty checks out of every single coverage. You're not going to play it. Like, ask yourself when you go to line up that special coverage versus three backs. You know, have, have, get a get a global check. So look at the formations that do give you trouble. That you do find specialty stuff, and I think we all have them. Empty checks, 
three back checks, unbalanced checks, uh, weird motion checks. Like there's some motions, the jet motion, jet motion is not weird, but like the, the bolt motion where you're in two by two or three by one of the back motions fast things that give you problems. So what I've been doing this off season is I've been, I have a note section on my phone and anytime I see something that an opponent does, it's a pain in the butt. I write it down and we will practice it next spring. So list all the stuff that you've seen from the previous year that whether the team's returning or not, because even if it's not a team you're going to play again, somebody else might do it. List out all the formations that you're going to have auto checks for and don't, don't practice your blitzes versus, you know, the formations that you know you're going to check out of. For example, when we're in 21 personnel, if I have call, I have a few calls that will only run versus 21 personnel. We practice it versus iPro, iTwins, and Unbalanced Pro. So, you know, end over. So, twins with the tight end on the same side. I'm not going to practice versus empty because if they come out and empty in 21 person, I'm going to start yelling crap to check us into an empty check. So, identify those things that keep you up at night. I'm not going to tell you what keeps me up at night, but think about this <laughs> for you. What keeps you up at night? Make a list of them, and when those coaches come through to recruit your kids or you're at Glacier or, you know, one of those other clinics, ugh, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm a company man now. What can I say? Um, I'm sneaking it in every once in a while. Have those questions ready. How do you handle, like, how do you handle empty with a tight end? How do you – I mean, we, whatever it is that you see, every team that you play is going to have something that – I call it issues. And, and when I tag, when I tag stuff, I have an issues column and have an answer, have autos that you like. And if they're a team that runs a lot of it, like last week we played an empty team, we had seven or eight empty checks, you know, carry, have, have different answers that if you're a team that only sees one or two formations, you have your go-tos and then, you know, some of your, okay, we've, we've wasted those reps or we've wasted those calls, not wasted, but we use those calls up. What's next? So anyway, that, I'm going to take your question. I'm going to spin it and give you that answer. Jerry, weigh in here, please. Well, I didn't. Is is he a an offensive dude? He's a defensive guy. And, and he wants to know what's giving us problems. Yeah, what's up uh, with that? I'll t- I, I gotta tell you, guys. You, you, you know what? And, and you look back. Uh, the, what what gives me a problem sometimes is really patient offensive coordinators. You know, yeah. and maybe I should maybe I should say, you know, here's what happens. Lots of times, you know, the um, offense runs a play, you know, and they get some yards on it. Next, you know, we make some adjustments. We stop it, but you know, maybe a kid trips or something. But they never come back to it, you know. And I'm sitting there panicking all game long. Oh, we're going to see that again. We're going to see that again. You know, what if we're in the wrong call? And, you know, as soon as you, you know, as soon as you stop it, it's almost like they never want to try it again. Yep. But the, the, the really good guys will, will, will come back to it and, you know, and, and, and then try to expose you. And uh, those, are, those are the guys that scare the hell out of me. You know, the, the, the guys that, you know, really know, you really know their stuff and, and their stuff doesn't change from year to year. And, and, they, they just know what they're doing. You know, I mean, right. What, that, yeah. Week one this year, our first four games, the, the, the offenses have changed what they did from, from the year before. Oh boy. Four games. 
Yeah, so I mean, I, I did the work over some, you know, I, I didn't go crazy with it, but, you know, all the work that I did do is out the window. But, yeah. You know, on a good note, you know, maybe, you know, they don't know their offense as well as they do if they change their offense. How well can you know something after a year or after three games? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I just talked with our head guy today and, uh, you're talking about scheduling games for next year. We've already confirmed um, three out of our five preseason opponents are out. Um, and then one of we have it's 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 kind of terrible. We have five preseason games of five league games. So we play five new teams, possibly five new teams every year. So we've already confirmed that three out of the five are going to be different. And. Um, one of them's on the fence about whether they're going to re up or whatever. I don't, I don't really know. I, and I, I might be speaking out of turn, but, um, the problem is I would rather have that though, than, you know, you, you see, you think you're playing the same team and then you find out you do a little, cause I do many game plans, even teams that, you know, we only have a little bit of film on. I try to do like many ideas, a little bank of ideas in the off season, sure. but I, I almost think that's better because at least it's like, you know, you know what you don't know. Whereas you go like there was a team this last year that we played that was a triple option team the previous year. And I started watching the stuff and drawing all of it and coming up with a game plan. And then I find out in the summer, oh, they're switching offenses. And it's, you know, all that work was out the window. And I mean, granted, yes, I have a triple option game plan, but I don't know. It's just I don't like wasting time like that. I don't know. I don't know. So this past year, this past year, because I knew that we were going to see five new OCs and some of it was like one guy that gave us problems, went to another school that we're still going to play. So I still looked at his stuff, but like, I didn't get too involved. This is the first off season because when I used to just study TCU, I was bored out of my mind in the off season because I'd study TCU and that was it. And so I focused on defending these other teams, but I really wanted to overhaul the scheme a lot this, this off season. And so I didn't really watch a lot of tape on opponents. There were really two opponents that, well, I won't tell you which ones, but that we looked at and said, okay, we need to solve this or let's, we liked what we did. Let's tweak it where there were a couple of teams like, I ain't doing that again. Let's do something completely different. So anyway, well, it's late on the East coast. Yeah. Um, I know we had a couple of false starts last week and, and that's all my fault. I don't want anybody to think that Jerry canceled on me or anything. That was 100% me, but, uh, Jerry, I, I, you know, I talk about you a lot on here. I appreciate your friendship. Uh, I'm so glad that we've stayed friends. All, uh, you know, we've known each other now for 12 years, and you've helped me immensely. And I just, I really cherish our friendship and really lucky to call you a friend. And can't thank you enough for all your wisdom over the years. Oh, you're welcome, Fast. It's a pleasure to talk to you. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Awesome. Well, we'll have to do it again soon. Thank you, brother. Good luck the rest of the way. Thanks again for joining us on the Make Defense Great Again podcast Q&A series for the in-season variety. I, I know you're, you're busy, you're doing a lot. There's not a lot of free time, not a lot of free hours during this time of uh, the year, this time of the season. So I feel honored if you've made it this far. If you haven't, you should always listen to the end because I might drop something fun. I don't really have anything for you today, but you never know and you should always check. 
Uh, in all seriousness, thank you again. Without you guys, the show doesn't work. Um, asking questions just back and forth is not as fun as having the listeners involved. And I appreciate some of your patience. Some of you guys ask questions about things that... And I'll tell you, if I don't know it, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, listen, this is not my field of expertise. What I know to be true, this is what I think. And I'll try and refer you to the right place. Um, I just, I I can't say it enough. I know I I feel like I'm saying the same thing every week, but I really love this community on Twitter with the football coaches, uh, which is where most of this takes place. If you're not on Twitter, if you're listening to this on the Glacier, uh, if you're finding it through the the vault, um, join us on Twitter. Come sign up. Come, you know, it's real easy to sign up. Come find me at Coach Vass or at MDGA Podcast and say, hey, I'm a football coach. I'm brand new to this thing. Help me out. I'll point you in the right direction, depending on what you like. Whether you're an offensive line coach trying to learn about defense, you love running outside zone, there's guys for you. If you're a quarterback guy, there's guys for you. If you're a D-line guy, linebacker guy, whatever you are, there's a group of coaches on Twitter that'll be in your specialty that you can talk with and exchange ideas. And You know, I had, I had a guy today... Uh, asked me about split uh, practices not platooning and I didn't have a great answer for him but I was able to point him in the right direction the guys jumped in and helped him out and he's got a great plan now so come join the community come join the conversation and as always remember the quarterback can't see with tears in his eyes